Hey folks, it's Carl at Sterling Health Fitness. Thanks for tuning in. So today I am with Chris Flores, also known as Chris Flo. He's the owner of Flow Fitness, and I've been looking forward to meeting up with Chris to talk about the emotional side of movement. Yes, so sir. first of all, thanks for taking oh. the time. No, thanks for having me here. It's great to thanks be with you guys for watching. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome, and um, I'm just gonna go with it. We're just gonna go with the flow. Go with the say, flow. Unintended. Sort of, yeah. Um, the emotional side of movement, I find it a fascinating topic because, you know, I follow a lot of your postings. I'm fascinated by the whole connecting emotions with movement. Just right. wondering if you can talk about that with us. Yeah, so what brought me upon it was uh, reading a book called Brain Rules by John Medina, which a buddy, a mutual friend of ours, Doc Perry, introduced me to. And after reading the book, you know, it talks about a lot about education and different things. But one of the things it talked about was the part of the brain that controls emotion and cognitive function is the same one that processes movement. So it talks about the cerebellum and its processes of movement and everything else. Okay. So it was one of those things where, you know, you have that aha moment when you're like, oh, wow, this is deep. And the reason being, the reason I felt that way was because I've been using Animal Flow. And we talked about Mike Fitch, who's also a mutual friend. Right. Uh, and I teach for Animal Flow as a master instructor. Mm -hmm. So I've been practicing so much of my flows and movement and all these things I've never done before, trying to do a handstand and just things I've never experienced. Right. And while studying this stuff, I realized that things started to click more in my head. Emotionally, it was more stable. Not that I was like crazy, what you think I was like crazy before, but uh, things just started to, to process better. Like when things, I wouldn't get as upset about stuff and I wasn't really stressed out and all these things started to really again flow through as well as just my studying and learning about different topics I've been trying to study everything became so much easier right and I was like why is this so much easier why and you know being with friends and stuff like oh you never get upset you never get mad you seem so chill like I remember I work at a high school and students of mine was like you seem to float around and it was like I never used to be that way mm. and it was like what clicked or what changed in my life and I realized once I started I got away from the heavy lifting and the grunting and the you know, the crazy stuff and kind of got more in, t in tune with myself via other you know, stuff, but mostly via movement and just learning how my body moves and how it operates. And from that, you know, I just started realizing there was clarity and started posting about it. And that's the interesting thing. When I started posting, it's like I got such a feedback from people. Right. Like, wow, I felt the same thing. And, like, and, and people are almost afraid to express themselves on social media. I think there's a fear of being vulnerable. And when you have that vulnerability on social media, people resonate with it. And, and they feel your message is authentic because you're being true to yourself right. by expressing that. So that's how the whole emotion, uh, emotional side of movement came about. That's really cool. So how did you... Um, okay, so you talked about the book. Can you say the name of that book one more time? Brain Rules. Brain Rules. Brain okay. Rules. That's something I'll need to pick up. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, how did you start? I mean, what was the, the initial step in trying to connect movement and emotion together? I think, like, like when, and, I'm, and right. when I to clarify, um, like when you first put your mind to it, did, did you think about it while you're on the floor and you're starting to move, or were you thinking about it in your mind how you would implement the two? It, it really came about like everything else, where it just naturally happened. I think anything that's great or true happens organically, and what started happening with me is I've read so much stuff that has nothing to do with fitness and that's why one key to fitness professionals out there get away from the fitness books 
It's only it only does it only causes confusion, right? If, how, I get confused. <laughs> yeah. Right, I've been in seventeen years. I was like, how many times am I gonna learn how to squat? Yeah. And at some point, you know, like yeah, this hip hinge and you know, is it knee bend first? Hip flexion is it dorsi? Like, all right, all that stuff is well and good. But at a certain point, you know what you know, and that's more than enough. Yes, continue to learn, continue to grow. But what else is there? And I think most fitness people forget about the other side of us as people. Like, just look at someone right. as a whole person. If I can learn to connect with a client emotionally, they're going to come back to you because you've made Absolutely. them full. You yep. know, you've helped them out as opposed to just learning the physical part. Just give them abs. Because how many people lose the weight and then gain it back right away? So many. You know, so if we can connect yeah. to that part of them, that's really the more important part, I feel. Um, so with the, with the books, I just started reading things that had nothing to do with leadership, spiritual stuff, emotional things, just reading good content, almost that whole self-development stuff, right, right, and started to see the correlations between the two worlds, and slowly started to connect the dots, and then it's like, once you start connecting, it's like, whoa, there's so much more out here, and that's how that kind of came together. That's really cool. So, I'm just thinking in my head here, as you're uh, talking about this, you know, you're talking, if it's emotions, it's an intrinsic thing, yep. so it makes me start to think about goals. And uh, when you set goals, does this influence your goals at all? Because, you know, a lot of people come into the gym or get with a trainer because of an extrinsic thing, like I have to go to a wedding or I have to fit into a certain suit or dress or I want to look a certain way. Um, Then there's the intrinsic, maybe I just want to function better, I want to feel better. This goes layers deep and you have emotions going on. Speaking of intrinsic then, and we're talking about emotions. Has this impacted you in how you set goals or what goals you set as far as your level of fitness or what you're trying to attain in, in your movement? Mm-hmm. How do the to- two of those things connect? It's totally revolutionized goal setting for me. Uh, another great book, and I'm, I'm always throwing books out there because I want Please people. Do, yeah. I want people to like get the like. You know, one thing I hate with soft topic is like when a guru talks and it's like, but where do you get the information from? They become like this. No, don't see what's behind here. Like I want people like go out and read it yourself. Yeah. You'll get something out of it, but it's called uh, uh, "Rich on Paper, Poor on Life," and I just finished that one recently. And it talked about goal setting, which is very interesting. And the one thing it also changed for me about what goal setting is: it was no longer an external motivation. It wasn't lose this much weight or gain this much weight or make this much money, then I'll be happy. It's I'm happy with what I'm doing now. I'm happy with who I am now. But I want to improve on, you know, I don't have children now, but like be a better dad, be a better brother, be a better son to my parents, be a better grandson to my grandma. I just called my grandma yesterday, actually, and tearing up while I'm talking to her because she, you know, she was so happy I called. And it was like four minutes, you know, it was four minutes out of my life to be a better grandson to her. And when you do those things, other things in your life tend to change. You know, be a better leader to my staff. You know, it's no longer about an actual thing I'm looking to hit. It's just something I want to be better within here and then right. slowly things start happening. So with, with Animal Flow, I just want to be a better mover. My goal became to be able to contract and relax certain muscle groups and then bring it all back and feel the energy of the movement. Right. And through that, other movements became easy. So it wasn't like stick uh, a levitating side kick through. It became contract your body, draw in from your belly and, and learn how to do all these things and then the levitating side kick through happens on its own. Right. So it's not so much reaching because what people tend to do is they place their happiness on that goal. So if you say, some client comes to you and says, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds, mm-hmm. all right, 40 pounds. If they don't hit that 40, then they're not happy. 
Exactly. Whereas it's like, why do you want to lose that 40? Oh, because of this. And you ask why again? Why, why, why? Keep digging deep. And then you start seeing that there's something there that they're not telling you. There's, there's an intrinsic reason. There's, they feel bad about themselves. Or maybe, you know, if it's a male or female with their spouse, they don't feel comfortable naked. I mean, all these things are so deep. And if you can dress them on that level, everything else is irrelevant. You know, if you can make someone feel beautiful without changing a physical thing about them at that moment, that's power. That's extreme power. And they're always going to come back to you because they know, like, I think it's Maya Angelou's quote, people forget what you said and did, they'll remember how you made them feel. Exactly. Right? So that's really exactly. ultimately what the end goal is. So with that said, let's go back to various aspects. You were talking about how things align. You know, mm-hmm. one area of life is, is uh, shaping up. Another one tends to, and everything seems to go parallel. Right. There's different parallels. So how are you taking this back, let's say, the emotional side and connecting it to areas that are outside? Um, is there a direct connection at all, or does it just seem to unfold where maybe finances are better or spiritual life changes and um, you feel more something there? Uh, how does that work? I wouldn't say this. Or what are you finding for yourself? Right. For myself, it's direct for me. You know, because I like to take things and make it my own. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times people will read something and then they want to do that only. And then it's like for certification, like if you get TRX certified, then all of a sudden you go back to your gym, like, toss everything out, (laughs) just use the TRX. And it's like, no, that's not the goal. Like with Animal Flow, we teach that. Like, how can you take this thing Mm -hmm. and make it part of what you already do? So I think for everyone, the journey is different on how these yeah, it's a real personal yeah, thing. It's a real personal thing. Yeah. How is this information going to correlate with your life? Mm-hmm. Not so much, I'm going to tell you how to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm more going to give you tools, and then you build the house. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't know what you want your house to look like. I just know here's a hammer, here's a wrench, here's you know a saw, and here's now go build. Mm-hmm. You know, so we I focus more on that. But I think uh, to me, the the parallel is obvious with a lot of this stuff, and I think that's been. If I'd say, dare to say my blessing or gift in life has been able to take this information and relate it to any genre of stuff. Like I, right. I do a leadership presentation and now they want me to do it for people as far as classroom. I'm doing it for the NJEA coming up in November, teachers convention. Mm-hmm. And they want me to do it for, for football teams and all these different things. It's the same exact presentation, same exact slides, yeah. but how does it relate to these different groups and how can oh, they use okay. it? Yeah. And I think that's a gift that I have with everything. So it's been my blessing to be able to correlate these two worlds together. But there's no direct flick. Like, yeah, can't give you right, a direct right, path. Right. I, I don't know what people are looking for. That's interesting. So you're taking, uh, let's say, movement. And I want to go back to this part where you get started on it. Because for people who are watching who are trying to connect, let's say they're just trying to connect this information. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice on... Where to start? Like, what to be? Maybe even in the mind. Like, what are they thinking, or what are they feeling here? What I think that the biggest thing is start by trying to become a better mover. Like, honestly, like most people when they go to the gym, they'll do the same five, ten things, fifteen things, let's say, or they'll do um, they'll do machines, or they'll do stuff like really get out away from that and maybe try something you suck at. Like, people yeah. are so afraid to be bad at something. They literally go. Yeah. If you can't dance, go take a Zuma class. I don't care if you believe in Zuma, you don't believe in it, go take Zuma because you'll start realizing, you start freeing your body. Mm. So take yeah. something you're, you're horrible at, whether it's a Zuma class or even yoga, just things that you know you suck at. Like if you're a big weightlifting guy and you can go to yoga class, yeah. and I guarantee you, they'll start to feel, because they start feeling their body, like, I'm so bad at this, and you start feeling that defeat, mm. and then after that is always growth. 
You know, right. it's like if you right. watch, it's fall now here, the trees are dying, right? The, the trees are dying and eventually they come back and they're gorgeous. So it's like one of those things where you have to fail and be really bad at it. Right. And, and once they start taking that journey, and again, it's different for everybody, but once they start taking that, they'll start feeling the difference and they'll start noticing things changing. But you have to go back. If you always go in, if every time you come in the gym, I'm like, you look great, you're awesome. You're amazing at everything you do. You don't really grow from that. You're kind of like, all right, well, I'm just amazing, I guess, right? <laughs> like, is that how you want to walk around feeling? Like, I'm just a man. Like, yeah. No, be bad. I was, I was so bad at Adam and Flo. I still have videos up. That's another thing. Uh, if you look at our YouTube channel, I have videos of me doing some of the dumbest things you can think of. And I leave that up and people comment like, oh, oh blah, blah, blah. You know, you know all this stuff and this is hard, terrible. Look at the date. That was 2007. That was 2006. Like, I was so bad then, and now the journey's taking me to this point, and I still suck, but I'm looking to get better. That's like <laughs> the road to mastery. You know, you're never going to hit it, but yeah. you keep on edging that way. So that'll be my, my first thing, my first word of advice to people. That's really good. So I think what I'd like to do here is um, we're going to sign off because we have part two coming at you. You. And so um, stay tuned for that. If you like this, this is amazing information to me, and um, I've already learned a lot just during this past 15 minutes. Awesome. You know, kind of like rethinking some things. So stay tuned. We're going to have part two available soon, and thanks for watching. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right. We'll be back.